Welcome to Ali Talks, the platform for podcasts and videos to explore spirituality in your daily life. Simple and easy. Join the movement and go to Ali.vision. Hello and welcome to our podcast, The Blossoming Unity. This is a newborn baby today. It's our first and we are Dennis and my name is Nicole and we are here to introduce you to into the conversation about different spiritual perceptions and methodologies in order for you to have an inspiration for your daily life. Hi, Dennis. How are you today? I'm beautiful, Nicole. How are you? I am doing very well. Um, we just spoke that today we're going to speak about the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And yeah. um, for the listeners, we would love to have your opinion. We would love to know how you resonate with what we say. So shoot us some DMs and let us know what you what you think of it. And um, yeah, let's go. So Dennis, he's tuning in. <laughs> yes. I noticed that the divine feminine is very tapped into the moon and the cycles of the moon. That's very true. Energy's changing very fast within the divine feminine. The divine masculine is very tapped into the sun. The cycles are very different between the two. The moon cycle is every month where the sun is every 12 years. Now those energies balancing within us, it's learning how to move past the cycles and not be trapped in them. Mm. In Kundalini Yoga, we we speak also about the Ra, which is the sun energy, mm. and the Ma, which is the moon energy. And it's really interesting in, in the spiritual community, we always say that men and women do have both energies within them in the physical body. They have masculine energies and feminine energies. What is really interesting, I feel, in Kundalini Yoga is... Um, we have moon centers on our bodies. The, the masculine bodies have one moon center, which is um, underneath your chin. And it's also the emotional center of all humans. So all the, 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 the big um, emotions and, and the, the, the emotional body is, is on your chin. That's a, a very important space. But women have another 15 moon centers on their physical body in order to bring their physical bodies in alignment with the, the ma energy, with the moon energy, which is masculine bodies do not have that for the incarnation. And I feel that's really, really interesting. Although we all have masculine and feminine energies within us, we do not have the same need for a certain kind of energy to be within us. When we balance the energies and we take a step back and we realize that 
when we move past just the physicality of life, those energies are able to move freely, no matter what the physical nature is saying. Mm. When I spend time in no thought and I, I just witness, you know, just being there and everything becomes very, very still, I can... The English language is very limited in being able to explain it, but in a sense, I can sense these energies, uh, one that is more feminine and one that is more masculine in the way that they dance within me and they bounce. And I feel them touching different parts of the body at different times. And I can feel them rise, you know, from the soles of my feet from both sides and I'll have different sensations from the tips of the big toe and they'll just start traveling all the way up to the tip of my head and they're in alignment together one feels a little bit more powerful than the other though it's really interesting when I when I'm in deep um, meditation or contemplation how I perceive the, the, the masculine and the feminine is, I'm a very visual person. Mm. Like my, my, my primary sense is, is, is visual and not kinesthetic, which is really interesting. Visual and auditive and, and, and I smell everything. So um, for me, when I'm in meditation and I'm, I'm meditating about masculine and feminine, What's really interesting is the masculine is like the grid underneath everything. The masculine is holding space for basically all there is. And the feminine is like this huge space within nothingness, within black, pitch black darkness. And when the masculine is coming in, it's dropping in like a light ball and it's creating a grid in order for the feminine to, to evolve, to, to rise upon it. And that's, my, that's how I perceive it. Like my art, um, Joseph, you don't know me, um, I'm at Nicolayana is my Instagram, but um, on there you can see my key codes. And the, the, the funny thing of creating a key code is you always have to first create the masculine structure on the paper in order for the feminine to, to rise and dance upon it and to, to, to bloom, to blossom. And I feel um, this is my perception of this divine dance within and without, because when I'm giving key code um, courses with people, um, what's really fascinating is wherever you're having your troubles, whether it's in holding structure as a man or as a female, or as uh, letting your creation out of your or of your system, there the people are going nuts. <laughs> it's like really funny. They're like, why do I have to start this structure again? Why does it have to be so balanced? Why does, you know, it's like this inner talk. And I feel this is really, really powerful. Absolutely. 
And it's always funny when you when you look at, you know, even the physicality of, you know, masculine and feminine, whatever the masculine gives the feminine, she multiplies into more. Yes. And and that goes with your energy as well. If you're a divine masculine, whatever you give your divine feminine, she will multiply. So if you're giving your divine feminine, you know, fear or, you know, uh, uh, abandonment or, you know, scarcity, and you may not even be doing it, you know, outright, but energetically, subconsciously, this is what you feel about yourself, you're going to be giving that to her subconsciously, and she's going to multiply it as well. So there's a physical aspect of the divine masculine and feminine, and then it goes into a mental aspect and then an energetic aspect. And there's so many different dances between the two that we can almost map it and be able to see, you know, if you're able to see it in the physical, it can kind of give you a map into going into the mental and then going into the energetic and, and the emotional, because the emotions are the same as well. And yeah then you're able to transform and then you're able to balance within yourself, the emotion, the mental, the physical, and the, the energetic. And then when that happens, now you get to really sit back and witness what, what you were explaining with that pitch blackness. Mm-hmm. And you see the dripping and you feel you are both. And then you also realize that they're one and the same and they're not separate. No, and how much they need each other. Mm. What I find is really interesting, and this is applying for for opposite sex relationships as well as same sex relationships. It doesn't matter um, if it's two men, two women, a man and a woman, but one one person in the relationship is always playing the more masculine part, mm. which means holding space, creating a secure environment, um, breathing deeply. Like there's for for feminine, and again, applied for all same sex, normal relationships, like for everyone, the person that is holding space is allowing the feminine to rise, to dance, to be you know, yearning and like the feminine has some really interesting um, emotions to offer, I would say, and some really interesting energies to offer. And when, when the space is created, it is very, very beautiful, this divine dance also in the outer world. But I feel like everybody currently is looking like, I read so much of twin flame relationships and um, how you get into the soul's connection and all that. But for me, the, the most beautiful work I do is to, to work within myself on this dance. Like, where do I get, where do I hold space for myself? Where am I? being the masculine part of myself this is for example I for example feel that um, meditation especially the 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 meditation where you do not chant any mantras and where you not do like where you just sit and stay in in nothingness this is the most masculine thing you can do for yourself it is that's all I do 
that is the only kind of meditation i do women are so attracted to you because this there there are barely people on this planet that are holding space for each other that are undividedly present this is the most masculine thing anyone can do so as a man if if anyone's listening that is a man and you want to attract women work on your presence with yourself like Mm -hmm. sitting in oneness with yourself because when you do that what you're emanating after that is emanation the right word probably it is When when you're emanating what you're emanating after that is a a space for the divine feminine to come in mm. and this is this is what we need to do and for for and on the same hand to let the divine feminine the creation the joy the yearning the need of connection the dance the the adi shakti creation energy flow within you is as important as it is to hold space for yourself but the divine feminine can only dance upon the space where structure and space is held for her. So I feel what I do, and this is my daily practice. I do a a set of yoga every day. I chant mantra because that's in my lineage, but um, then I meditate and I meditate and just sit in stillness. And what comes upon there I write it down immediately. I have my book and I write down all the creations that want to come. People always ask me, Nicole, how can you create so much? You have companies, you do art, you do like, you know, all those creations. And that's the dance that I allow my divine feminine to, to yearn to create because that's what we are here for. We're we're Adi Shakti beings. That's, that's the, the divine force of mother nature. So I really, really highly recommend to, if you don't have it yet, to have a daily practice because that's what's giving you the the grid underneath your human life, your human existence in order to create. And and your daily practice can literally be anything as well. You can turn anything into a spirit. You doing the dishes at home, you can make that a spiritual practice just by being present, allowing the energies to flow, dancing while you're doing the dishes. You can do from the time that you open your eyes until the time you go to the the entire experience as a spiritual practice. Yes. It's really interesting. I really feel guided to speak about... um, the the feminist uh, movements and because I had uh, what I'm currently doing in my artist practice I'm creating um, the emanation of the uh, divine feminine we're I'm creating that with a friend of mine and we're creating all different goddesses in as paintings and we're we're tapping into the energies of you know, the white and the green Tara and Kali and all the goddesses, Lakshmi and um, Mother Mary. And, and what we want to do with that is, is to, to get down those frequencies in a physical realm again mm-hmm. and to create this huge emanation of the divine Ma. So um, 
and I had a really interesting discussion with my friend that I'm doing the project with because she was like, yeah, we have to um, look for the divine feminine and the feminist and the, 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 the feminine was um, suppressed so long and the feminine was like held down. And I always say to that, yeah, but the masculine died for us like over thousands and thousands of years and the masculine was suppressed as well so we had this discussion and what I find really interesting about the, this discussion of the feminist movement or this this separation of masculine feminine is that there is something on this planet which is interested in separation mm-hmm. and it's not only separating masculine and feminine and this strange discussion that happens there, but it's it's also separating um, people from countries, people from different races, people f- vaccinated or unvaccinated people. Like the, the, there is something that is really interested in separation on this planet. Let's keep it that way. And what I feel is what we need to understand when we when I speak about masculine and feminine I adore masculinity I adore my masculinity as well but I also adore men because this whole planet would shut down if we do not have men and you can see that in the animal world like of course the feminine animals are being um taken and the, for the, for example, the cows, right? The cows are giving birth and then the childs are taken away and the, we take the milk or for the chickens, we take their eggs and like the, the, all the female chicken give their eggs to the people. And there is a huge mismanagement and suppression going on. But at the same time, masculine born chickens are shredded. They're not killed, they're shredded alive because they don't give eggs. Masculine cows are not even taken care of when they're born. They just let them die because they do not give milk in the milk industry. Like there is such a bad, terrible, terrible dying happening in the masculine energies. And also humans, like men are dying in wars since thousands of years. And yes, the feminine is suppressed, I agree, but the masculine is even worse suppressed because, and now we're having this separation where people speak about, yeah, but you have to be more fe- a feminist, so you're, you're okay. No, I feel it's time we start to be masculinists as well in order for the separation to start to stop it's very important. And this is only possible when you're in a, in a place on your own where you're out of your positive and negative mind, when you're in the neutral mind, when you're meditating or when you're doing whatever you do as a spiritual practice and you're coming into this neutral space. And then you start to perceive that There is no separation between masculine and feminine. There is not one or the other suffering more. They were both highly suffering and the the, the fight they were put into against each other 
who is interested in separation? That's the big question for me. And who is not? There's many names for it. I think the easiest name, human unconscious insanity. When you're unconscious, and uh, you can call it the ego for short, it only sees black and white, one or the other. That can be good, bad. It's the yin and the yang. It's the it's the perception of the physical reality. And because a lot of people believe that they're their minds, their thinking mind, their ego identity, therefore it manifests within their actions due to unconsciousness. As they become more conscious and more disidentified from the mind, said guru puts this perfectly. As you become more balanced, and as you become more aware and more conscious, your sensory body starts to expand. And as your sensory body expands, because right now, as you, if you're unconscious, you know, you still believe that you're only your thoughts and you're completely identified with it. You only feel with your hands and within your physical sensory perception. As you become more conscious and more aware and more sensitive, your sensory perception grows and you start realizing that you're more than just this body, than just this mind. You realize that you are your neighbor. You are that chicken. You are that cow. You are that tree. You are that flower. Now, as this awakens, the separation is no longer there. That, that, that's the illusion is the separation. Now, as you awaken, you, you won't do harm to your neighbor. You won't do harm to the chicken. You won't do harm to the cow. You won't do harm. You won't look at separation as you realize that you are it. You are everything. You are everyone. You are the entire universe. And that's why the balancing of the divine masculine and the divine feminine is so important within yourself. Because as you balance these energies, you realize that this dance the whole time is what the universe is doing. And you tap into that cosmic energy and you become still and spacious. And that creative energy within you starts dancing. And you realize there really is no separation. And the thing that wants the separation is the identification that things are separate. And I think that's why our... Uh, our, our podcast was called uh, Blossoming Unity because I, I really look at everything as a flower and the physical reality, at least. It gets a seed. You plant the seed. It grows. It blossoms. And that's with everything. Even human beings, we're a flower. We blossomed on this earth. The cows blossomed. We may not look like a flower, but we blossomed. And I, I feel a lot of people are still stuck in that stage where they're closed up and they haven't fully opened up yet into that beautiful flower that they are, or even realize that they've been this flower this whole time. But the flower doesn't dance around and I say, hey, I'm a flower. Look how beautiful I am. Smell me. No. As you awaken to this, you realize you don't have to go around doing that. It's just, and that, that was the thing that you got into earlier with the, with the masculine energy. When you hold space, you attract those who can come into that space and create and that's the same as a flower. 
the flower invites you into its space for you to be able to create. Yeah. And, you know, from, a, I'm always very practical. Mm. I try to give some practical things away because I, I feel when I was in this awakening process, when I was um, 20, 21, 25, 27, even 30, I, I loved practical things because then those concepts or, or those big words, I resonated with them. But then I was, yeah, but now what? <laughs> like, what, what do I have to do to practice that? Or what, what do I, like, what? And <clears throat> as I said before, get yourself a daily practice. Like, start with a three-minute thing. Close your eyes for three minutes and perceive the room. You can do that with Eckhart Tolle or with, um, uh, there are like so many options. You can also, if that is nothing that you like because you feel he's kind of a crazy person, which I can't understand at some point. I was like, when I listened to him for the first time, I was like, what? It's funny, what? Uh, Eckhart Tolle came to me when I went through my first dark night of the soul. Like the universe yeah. just plopped him right on my lap. And I was like, oh, no. Fuck. I think Eckhart's um, practices are very, very masculine. Very, very he is, masculine. He, he's a very divine. He's very into his divine masculine energy. Very much so. I agree. And, you know, if you want to tap into your divine masculine, whether you're, you know, biologically male or female, um Eckhart Tolle really helps you get into that stillness and that presence um that unity that that oneness um but understanding that oneness comes with the divine feminine as well so you know there's different practices with that um for me personally I I do dancing and I like to create um I, I do videos I like to do the tarot reading I feel like that's a creative expression that likes to flow out of me when I do those um yeah sit and observe your thoughts and observe your emotions and just watch just watch and don't let them take you anywhere and don't do it for too long in the beginning you know a 20 minute meditation is way too much if you never meditated mm. it's yeah, just too long start with three minutes do something for three minutes you can also do um, a certain yoga practice for like i give my clients all the time the breath of fire which is something you can google it like go on youtube there are like a million videos uh mm -hmm. breath of fire what but because what it does and what we have to like what i would love to say in this podcast as well is everything we perceive as reality in this life is perceived by our nervous system mm there is no reality when there is no nervous system there is nothing when there is no nervous system and the the the, the way we humans perceive is we have the five senses we have the kinesthetic sense visual sense the auditive sense the olfactorian and gustatorian i don't know if that's the correct english word English is not my mother language. That's why I'm always saying those things. 
Um, and um, you have the five senses. So smell, taste, hear, see, and feel. And all of your reality, everything that you believe to be true is coming from those five senses. So the most important thing for you in order to, to live a, a, a life, not only uh, in the 3D reality in the outside world and have nice handbags and nice cars and nice jobs and nice houses and whatever people want, but also within is to have your nervous system under control. Mm. And your nervous system is currently bombarded with a, a, a vibration of fear and separation from mass media, from what's currently going on in the last two years. So you, our nervous system, our all nervous systems are very much in at work at the moment. So a, one amazing exercise to do is a three minute breath of fire because what you do with that is you're calming down your nervous system. And the changes I have seen in people doing three minutes of breath of fire for 40 days or for 90 consecutive days is just mind blowing. And that's not even meditating. That's just breathing consciously. And that's what Dennis does with his people. It's just like, take a deep inhale, take a deep breath with me. And bringing your full awareness to that breath because yes. your breath is what's keeping you alive. <laughs> I mean, you take the breath away, you're, you're a goner. So it's, it's holding you from the formless and the formed. So the breath is, is really one of the greatest ways to start any spiritual practices, just focusing on the breath or yeah. doing different techniques with the breath. And that can be as simple as you put your hand on your poles on your arm. And whenever the pulse is going, you're breathing in. And when it's going again, you breathe out for mm. three minutes and you're just sitting with your breath for three minutes. That's already an amazing meditation. Don't make it too complicated. To learn to meditate is something very, very difficult. And people always like when I have people and they're like, yeah, I tried meditation, but it didn't work. It's always because they wanted to have a 30 minute huge silence and meditation mm. at the beginning. And this is like a muscle. You do not lift a 200 pound weight thing up your head when you never trained before. This is just not possible. And it's the same with meditation. A 30 minute meditation in silence requires practice. So start with three minutes and then extend to five if you have the need. And then extend to 11, maybe. And maybe you do 11 for your whole life, and that is sufficient. It's also depending on what's your job, right? Like people tell me, yeah, Nicole, um, you have such an extended spiritual daily practice. And I say, yes, but that's my job. Hmm. My job is to be a medium, to, to hold space for, for, for the collective, to, to heal, to to bring a lot of things onto this planet. It's my job to do that. Maybe your job is not to be a spiritual leader. If it's not, maybe you don't need a two and a half hours practice a day. Mm. Maybe five minutes is amazing. 
A lot of people are hunting for a spiritual experience and they're missing the point of the practice. The practice yeah. is for you to be completely present with the practice and not looking for the outcome. Uh, it's like uh, when you when you when you dance, you're not focused at the end of the dance. You are there with the dance the entire time and you show up at the end. Yeah. That's a very beautiful Maybe it's even the ending of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I think, what do you think? Do you have anything more that wants to come through today? Something that came to me today. Um, I love working with the mind. It is why I love doing shadow work, um, teaching people how to do shadow work, being present and all the different, you know, teachings that, you know, I try to show with people. I, I love observing the mind. And once you start sitting and you watch the mind, you realize um, the mind is reflecting back whatever the environment is being perceived. So if you can be able to witness what is being recycled from what you just perceived then the thoughts that are shooting beliefs from the subconscious about those when you're able to observe that you're able to see reality for what it really is here and now rather than going along that stream of illusion it's funny my kundalini yoga teacher his name is hari jivan And he's, he's, I think he's the most hilarious teacher I, I had. And he says, the subconscious landscape, it's really interesting because you're living in a certain part of your subconscious landscape. And our teacher, Yogi Bhajan says, it's 8 million miles by 8 million miles big, the subconscious. Mm. And the conscious is like, I, I don't know, not even half a mile. So... The question is always, where are you located in your subconscious world map? And he says, the problem with people is they have a car, like the physical body is their car. And most of the time, the car was running out of gas. And then people instead of going and to the next gas station and walking there and get gas and fill in the tank again, what they're doing is they're having therapy and they spoke about and speak about the reason why they were running out of gas and how this could happen. And then they're going to group sessions with other people that also have cars which were running out of gas, but nobody's going to the gas station getting the fucking gas into the car so they can, they can move again. And um, in Kundalini yoga, and that's why, I, that's why I do Kundalini yoga, because it's giving me enough gas for my car in order to drive from one certain kind of subconscious landscape into another one. If you are born and you had ha have had trauma and a lot of bad shit happening in your life, what, what's happening is you're in a certain kind of landscape in your subconscious belief pattern. It's a, that's a war zone. And it doesn't help you to speak about the war zone. It doesn't help you to 
stay in the war zone and be unsafe all the time. What you need is a chopper that brings you out and brings you to the land of honey and, and milk, right? So you, taking care of your physical body in some way, shape or form in order to have enough gas for your car is so important. And the gas is chi, is energy. And how do we humans get energy into our body? There's, it's very simple. There are two ways. You eat food, the food that you're giving your body, you're, you're the result of what you have eaten. And you will even turn into that food. And, and you, you will can turn have psychological into that food fat. again, and you came from that food. Mm -hmm. Or there is breath that brings you chi into the body. So um, I love this teaching from Hari Juvan because I think it's so hilarious how, how he says it. And yeah, get some chi into your body. And you do it however you want to do. You do breath work, you do, but just get some chi, get your body running. This is your temple. This is the only way to perceive what you came here to learn, to came, the, the, the only option that you're having to have a bigger experience of in this life is having this physical body. If you're gone, you're gone. <laughs> mm. I love the way that you put that. That's absolutely right. It's like uh, you're just going. It's like when people go to the doctor and they just keep getting certain medications when they can heal it themselves or stop doing certain things. It's putting a Band-Aid over it rather than going to the source and realizing actually the Buddha has actually a, a beautiful parable about that as well. He um, talks about a man um, got shot with an arrow and instead of pulling the arrow out and, you know, getting it patched up and healed, he looks around and goes, who shot the arrow? Why'd they shoot the arrow? How did this arrow hit me as the arrow still stuck in him? <laughs> yeah. Rather just pull the arrow out, realize the arrow's there, realize that this is happening, being conscious of it, and then being able to go, wow, this is a pattern that I'm recognizing, and then disidentifying from it. Give yourself space from it, doing the breathing, allowing this energy to flow back in and create, when you realize and you disidentify from it, then you're able to create space for it and then put more into it. And I would like to say one more thing. I love all those spiritual teachers like Eckhart Tolle, Muji, uh, Sadhguru, um, like all of them, like the big teachers. But the disidentification of what there is, is most of the time only working when you're not having severe trauma. If you have had severe trauma in your past, in the childhood especially, it is very important to understand that the severe trauma is stored within your physical body. And if you're going to feel what there is, the dissociation uh, of the trauma for you is almost impossible because you're back at five, when you were five or when you were two or when you were 10 and you're back on in the traumatic situation because it's stored, associated. 
we can speak about, maybe we can do a podcast about that once how mm. how trauma is stored in the physical body because i think i feel this is a really important teaching for people to understand and absolutely there are absolutely. so many techniques like dennis is a, is a, a hypnosis therapist and this is amazing or i am an emdr therapist for post-traumatic stress syndrome mm. and what i see is i see people doing like five hours of yoga a day and um, getting themselves out of a drug abuse because they know that they have had a severe trauma in their childhood, but the trauma is not going away. The trauma is only going away when you're having the option to really transform the traumatic experience in your life. And it's very difficult to hold space. And no, it's not difficult. It's impossible to hold space for yourself while you're doing deep trauma work. It's not possible. Nobody I've ever learned, I, I don't know anybody that can do that. And I am an amazing healer, but I cannot do it myself. I've done it many times. That's why I had four dark nights of the soul this past year. Yeah, but th that's like, I, deep, I, feel, deep I feel your job, you didn't do it alone. You had the techniques. Mm. The first one, no, there was no techniques whatsoever. So you did not have the hypnotherapy thing. You did not have anything. No, that. nothing. Um, the hypnotherapy didn't come into play till after my third dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um, and I've never gone to anybody to take care of my stuff. I've only done it myself. I knew um, from the very beginning, um, my, my soul team told me, they said, listen, you got to do this on your own. This is the only way that you're going to be able to help anybody. And all four of them. So all four dark nights of the soul that I went through, I went through them alone, completely, 100%. And I held space for that as well, completely held space as I was pulling these deep traumas that I was not even realizing were there, because of the unconsciousness, the layers, you know, you pull back and that trauma. There was a little trauma, but then there was that big trauma that you don't realize was actually being protected by those fears. And they shoot those fears at you. The mind likes to throw those fears. Like you don't want to dabble with that because we're trying to hold on to it. So for me, um, while I was releasing them, um, I noticed it would come up and the emotions would rise and I'd feel it in certain parts of my body and I would do certain stretches, but also at the same time, it was witnessing it and not allowing it to pull me down it. So witness and not allow it to pull me down. What I realized with the mind and when it comes to traumas with the mind, the body's a whole, the body's a part of it as well. That You know, there, there's cellular memory, there's, there's ancestral memory, there's genetic memory, there's so many different memories that go along with it. A lot of the traumas people are holding on to aren't even theirs, but they're great, 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 great grandparents traumas. And I noticed with the mind, when the trauma comes up, if you don't feed it, that means when I say disidentify, I don't mean disassociate as if it never happened. Disidentify is taking the back seat, watching it and bringing yourself back here, watching it and bringing yourself back here and being so aware that when that when that trauma comes up, it's going to bring more to try and pull you back to the trauma. It can use a bodily sensation. It can use all different type of the, when that trauma's energy starts really brewing, it can use a bodily symptom. It can use a, 
you know, all of a sudden you're hungry and then you, you want to eat, but then now you're thinking about this and that, and then it takes you all the way down to the trauma. It, it can use different situations. Now being aware in those situations, when you realize, um, I believe Eckhart Tolle calls it the, uh, the pain body, the pain body that holds our traumas. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I personally didn't have any help through oh. the, through mm. the, the deep traumas that I had to let go. It was all being aware and not letting the mind hold on to it anymore. Because the more that the mind held on to it, I knew the body wasn't going to be able to process it. It wasn't going to release it within the body as long as the mind still held that grip. I agree. I feel like I can only speak about my clients and, and when you have had sexual abuse when you were five as a girl, or as a boy as well, or when you had a, an operation when you were two, or when you were like, you know, those physical traumas, mm. um, the, the reaction of the physical body when you're coming close to the trauma is so, so bad. And mm. I mean, congratulations that you made it on your own, but I would really not recommend to do that. I do absolutely not recommend to do that for anybody because you're out for weeks. And m my clients, what they, you know, people don't want to feel what there is. So that means you're, you're finding solutions. You're starting to drink, you're taking drugs, you're eating, whatever it is that, that, you're, that, that your thing is that you don't need to feel what you feel. So when you're not doing that anymore, the reaction of, of the whole system, it's like it's shutting you down for, for Absolutely. weeks. And I, if, if there is, a, you can do it like you did. I mean, how many weeks were you out? It was every three months. Every three months I was out for a few months. So yes. I'm not recommending anybody to do what I, what I did. It was yeah. my soul's purpose. It was my yeah, calling yeah, I agree. for me. I to can see the purpose of that. What I'm saying is you do have the power to be able to do it, but have people who can be there with you, who can watch you, who can yeah. guide you through it, because it can take you down a road that you, you, you can't come back from. And it's good to have that guidance. And it's, it's, I don't even know if it's necessary, you know, for you, it was because it's your soul's purpose, but mm. for me, like, there are the te the techniques are there the therapists are there if you had trauma do emdr when it's coming up do mm. hypnosis do like don't don't be so hard on yourself we don't the the fact that we need to learn to ask for help because we are the only way we are able to perceive what there is in life is through relationships and to relay on someone, mm. like th that's the whole purpose of this incarnation. <laughs> so I, I really, I deeply feel to say, get yourself help, relax, be in your job, do your, do your whatever you do and get rid of the shadows. You can do it with Dennis. Mm. He's doing shadow work with people. So absolutely, just don't let yourself feel that you need to do that alone. Because no, 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 no. Don't not, do it alone. It's not. I did it alone, but I, I don't recommend doing it alone. No, um, it's not. It's not. And you will need to learn to ask for help as well. You I did. I did. Good. I did.
Yeah, cool. I did. It, it was after the fourth Dark Knight of the Soul. Mm. But with, with, with the three that I had to go through before that, it was realizing that I could do what I needed to do yeah. on my own. But then realizing as well, when I went through the fourth, it's you're never alone. You're never truly alone. You may think that you're alone, but you have your spirit team with you. You have you have the guidance. You have uh, people that you can count on, even though the mind may make you think that you don't have anyone there. There are always, always people there who are willing to help you. Yeah, that's true. Beautiful. What a wonderful first podcast. So if you liked what you heard, uh, we're back next week. Yes. And then we will speak about something else. And we wish you a wonderful day. Do you want to say anything? Yeah. Also, if you're ever looking into, you know, you, you like tarot and the collective energy, I do collective tarot readings on YouTube and post them. And they also go on the, uh, the My Alley, or is it uh, Alley Vision? Alley Vision. Mag- Alley Vision magazine. Um, so check that out. Uh, it's I Am Oneness on YouTube. Amazing. Have a wonderful week, peeps. Bye. Absolutely. Bless you. Lovely having you with us at Ali Talks. Would you like to know more about empowered spirituality, whether in business or for your personal life? Then visit us at ali.vision or write us an email at contact at ali.vision.